0: Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, weekdays twelve thirty to three seven seventy CHQR.
1: All right, folks. It's only Tuesday, but so far it's been, I think, a bad week for the uh, opposition, to the United Conservative Party, and and this whole business around sexual harassment. I don't know what the UCP does about this. This is this is an ugly story, and they're they're kind of stuck with it because it happened. Right? It, it happened and there's no one doing it and they have not handled it well. Here's the background. Okay? So the um, legislature has been debating a bill regarding uh, sexual harassment rules. Now, obviously, the, the, the bill is uh, up for debate and people are, are free to point out what they may see as flaws with this legislation. But one of the people who has spoken out against this bill is Jason Nixon, who's the House Leader of the United Conservative Party. And so only after he spoke out against this, has this story come to light. And so it it puts his opposition to this bill in a really awkward light, and it puts the leader, Jason Kenney, on the spot. What are you going to do about this? Do do you hold him accountable for what was done back in 2008? Or do you say, look, the past is the past, it's time to move on? The story here essentially is that uh, um, Jason Nixon Uh, while working in the private sector, fired a woman under pressure from another contractor. This woman had brought forward complaints of sexual harassment on a contractor's job site. So she came to him with these allegations, which, by the way, have now been uh, established as fact by a B.C. Human Rights Tribunal. And so they've uh, pointed fingers, they've laid out the facts of this case. So it's not even as though you can fall back on, well, it's uh, allegations. No. Nixon's business was fined, as was this other business, because this woman was fired. Fired, by the way, right before Christmas, on top of all of that. So it's disturbing stuff. So this woman came forward uh, and said, on this job site, I'm being subjected to sexual harassment. Now, in fairness to Jason Nixon, uh, he wasn't the one who was accused of doing anything. Uh, And it wasn't even his company necessarily. So it was somebody who worked for another company that he was contracted with. That company came to him and said, we're going to protect our guy. We want this woman off our job site. And he acquiesced. So this woman came forward and said, this is what happened to me on the job site. And she got fired as a result of it. And that seems to be the very heart of the matter here, the kind of problem we're trying to solve in society where people who come forward with allegations, people who are victims of sexual assault and harassment, need to be protected, not punished. What kind of message does that send, that this is inconvenient, and we got to get rid of this woman? Now, Jason Nixon has addressed this and says that uh, he would probably do things differently in hindsight. Yeah, I would say so. So that story broke this morning. Not surprisingly, Premier Rachel Notley had a lot to say about it today. And uh, here's what she said.
2: As as I'm sure will come as no surprise to uh, all of you, uh, in my view, this is a very, very serious issue. we are at an important time right now, where courageous women across North America are coming forward to talk about uh, the the problem of, of sexual harassment and sexual harassment in the workplace. And uh, it's 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 a it's a very difficult problem. We know it proliferates everywhere, and and it's not easy to address. What we do know, though, what's going to keep women safe, what's going to help deal with this problem, is ensuring, as a first step, that they know that they have the right to speak up and that people will support them when they speak up. Mr. Nixon's response when someone spoke up was to fire her. That is not the right response. Moreover, since that time, Mr. Nixon has uh, gotten, in, gone into the House and fought against a bill that would have protected someone in Alberta in the very same situation as the woman that Mr. Nixon chose to fire. Mr. Kenny is actually the person that needs to answer questions about this now. This is his hand-picked lieutenant, his hand-picked political uh, lieutenant who is leading the caucus in this house, who fired a woman for speaking up against sexual harassment, which was found to have happened, who is now fighting against a bill that would protect women in Alberta from the very same sexual harassment in the workplace. This is very, very serious. I think when women wake up this morning and read this article and hear more about what's happened, they're going to wonder where their government stands. And I want them to know that their government stands with them. And that is why we are working so hard to get this bill through the House today.
1: All right. So that's what the premier had to say about it. Some pretty scathing words uh, from Rachel Notley. But, you know, this this controversy in a political sense was basically handed to them on a platter. They should have seen it coming, the UCP, and they got to have some kind of a response ready to go. And they've just been caught flat footed by this. And it looks terrible on all of them, especially Jason Nixon. Maybe he should have uh, not spoke up during the debate at all or recused himself or something. Uh, But to go into the House and argue against this bill and then this comes to light, I mean, it's it's pretty bad. This woman, by the way, was awarded $32,000 in damages. So the B.C. Human Rights Tribunal found that, indeed, this woman had been sexually harassed and that, indeed, she was fired as a result of it. Nixon Safety Consulting was Jason Nixon's company. The tribunal wrote, quote, I find that NSC terminated her employment at the urging of Navigator and with the tacit approval of Confort. So these two other companies that were involved, they came to her, said, get rid of her. He said, all right, he fired her. And apparently the letter he faxed her, firing her, was actually sent to the guy who was doing the harassing in the first place. So what a mess. So, again, this was a a situation from 2008. Here it is, 2017. How much bearing does this have on Jason Nixon today? And what is Jason Kenning going to do about it? It does not look good. Uh, as far as I'm aware, Jason Kenny has not responded to it as of yet. But I think he's got to say something. So what should be done here? 403-974-8255. Pierre, welcome to the program. Hello? Or Perry. Sorry, Perry, go ahead.
3: Oh, yep, perfect. Hey, um, my question being, so, so Jason is supplying a contractor to another company. The other company says, hey, we don't want this person on our job site anymore. And if he doesn't have another position for this contractor to go to, what choice does he have? And is this just political posturing?
1: Well, I don't know that it's political posturing because his company was found to be in the wrong here and was fined as a result of it. So he made the decision to fire her.
3: Yeah, I just, uh, well, I just, uh, you know, I just wonder... You know, if all that came into play or because, I mean, the contractor that he had out to another job site, the company that had them on contract, said that they didn't want her
1: anymore. So. Right. She was accusing their guy. She was accusing their guy of sexual harassment. Uh, And so, yeah, rather than then deal with that guy, they told Nixon to get rid of her and and he acquiesced to it. So he was the one who fired her because she worked for him.
3: Yeah. But if you've got, you know, if you hire a contractor from a company on your site. The whole point of having a contractor is the ability to say, we don't need him anymore. So if they go to him and say, hey, we don't need this contractor anymore, um, and he doesn't have another position for her, I, you know, I just I, I, it's a little more complicated than when it appears on the surface to me anyway.
1: Well, I don't know, because we're, we're talking about the findings of this tribunal and what right. happened and the fact that this woman who was a victim was fired because she spoke out. I mean, that, there, there's yeah. no getting around that fact. Absolutely. So obviously the, the answer was not to fire her. The answer was to deal with the guy who was acting like a jackass. And that didn't happen. And he's Absolutely. a part of this. So there, there's no escaping. There.
3: I, I, I agree wholeheartedly. I just think it falls more so on the company that had this person on uh, on their job site. Because uh, if, if Jason Nixon didn't have another position for her to go to as a contractor for his company... Um, is he supposed to just keep her on staff and pay her, even though he doesn't have another job safer for her to go to because these guys won't have
1: her? Well, yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's a question we, we could uh, or should ask him. That, uh, I think he needs to speak to this. Perry, appreciate the phone call. Were his hands tied here? Uh, again, it, I, it's not as though he was forced to fire her. He had a choice here. And so, like I say, I don't think this looks good on him. But I think he needs to address this. I think his leader needs to address this because it does not look good. Not at all. All right, 403-974-8255. When we come back, here's an interesting question. Are, are we close to being able to treat fetal alcohol spectrum disorder, FASD? And, and should we? It might seem like a weird question, but there are some who worry that effective treatments might undermine prevention efforts. How do we balance that? Because we've seen the devastating effect that FASD can have. Certainly, we want to prevent it. But in cases where it happens... Wouldn't that be tremendous progress? If we could actually treat it? I think so. But we'll get into that after 1.30. We're back with more right after this. All right, just before we move on, i got to address this uh, just a little bit further here. And we're talking about these uh, allegations, well, not allegations, these findings uh, about now UCP, I MLA, mean, like Jason Nixon, and a decision he made uh, in 2008 as a small business owner to fire a woman who was subjected to sexual harassment on a work site. UCP leader Jason Kenney has just put out a statement. Says, I've spoken to Mr. Nixon about the case in question. I think it's important to make clear Mr. Nixon has never personally been accused of harassment and did not know the individual in question. As a 25-year-old small business owner, he became aware that an employee of his was subject was subject to harassment on a work site that Mr. Nixon did not control. Not sure what his age has to do with anything. Eventually, the client made it clear that Mr. Nixon's employee was no longer permitted to work on the project in question. The record clearly shows Mr. Nixon was remorseful about the situation and tried to find the employee a new project to work on. I'll uh, go say, um, sorry, it's, it's cut off. Uh, the, part of the words are cut off here, this uh, the section I'm reading. Uh, but when the employee declined that offer, my apologies here, Uh, He complied with the legal advice that he received to offer the employee a severance package. Mr. Nixon has told me that in hindsight, he wishes he had pushed back harder against the client, including seeking legal uh, representation for his employee. Okay, so that's the response from UCP leader Jason Kenney. We'll talk more about that case uh, later on as well, but um, that's where things stand as of now. Okay. Well, we talked about this earlier, and like I say, I think this is a real awkward issue for the United Conservative Party, and I don't know what the answer is. Uh, Look, clearly, uh, about a decade or so ago, Jason Nixon, as a business owner, made a regretful decision, and one I think even he acknowledges that he should have handled differently. And you know what? And I'm sure he was trying to to balance a whole lot of things. I'm I'm trying to find reasons to to understand what he was dealing with and, and why he made the decision that he did. But it's one that really casts a shadow on the party today, and it puts uh, the party and the leader in a tough spot, especially at a time when the legislature is debating new rules around sexual harassment. That kind of get to the very core of this. Should somebody who brings forward allegations of sexual harassment, who goes to their boss and says, this is what I'm dealing with. Should that person ever be punished? And I think most sensible people would say, of course not, never, under no circumstances should that ever be the case. Why on earth would you punish anybody who's the victim of something? Doesn't make sense. And unfortunately, that's what happened here. Again, Jason Nixon was not involved in harassing anybody. In fact, I think if it had been left up to him, this woman probably wouldn't have been fired in the first place. He was running his own contracting company. There were a couple of other companies involved. A woman who worked directly for Jason Nixon came to him, said that she was being sexually harassed. And this has been established as fact by a tribunal that looked into this, and fines have been issued, findings issued. um, That this company, the other company, not Nixon's company, this other company decided, you know what, we're not going to punish this guy. In fact, we want her off the job site. Jason uh, Nixon acquiesced and she was fired just four or five days before Christmas, apparently, because she brought forward these allegations, not because of anything she did on the job, but because she came forward and said, I'm being sexually harassed by this guy. So that's worrisome because that's the kind of thing I think people are trying to prevent that should never happen. So what should become of Jason Nixon now? I, look, I don't know that he needs to resign as an MLA. Uh, it would make sense maybe for the party to have him not be their face, not be their point man in the legislature to maybe put those duties to someone else. And maybe his constituents can have the ultimate say on whether they're comfortable with him still as their representative. It's not something they were privy to uh, the last time they, they sent him to the legislature. Okay, well, I want to play a little bit of audio for you here, folks, Uh, and that includes what Jason Nixon said to reporters just a short time ago. We'll get to that. But here's where politically this is problematic for the opposition, because there look, there are a lot of issues we're dealing with here in Alberta. Sexual harassment is an important issue. It's not the only issue. But I think it's going to be tough for uh, Jason Nixon to, to get past this as evidenced by what happened in the House this afternoon.
0: Governor's government will hike the carbon tax by 50% on Albertans. That means that it will again cost families more to heat their homes, again cost families more to fill up their cars, and again cost families more to buy their groceries. In return, not a single pipeline opponent is being moved from no to yes, but Albertans bills are moving from high to higher. To the Premier, given the frail economy, why is it that you are raising the carbon tax right now?
3: General Premier.
2: Well, Mr. Speaker, I, I will take the UCP House Leader's question today, but I want to say given what we learned today, I think the House Leader needs to carefully consider his role in the House and the message the UCP is sending to women. Instead of defending a woman who complained to him about sexual harassment, two days later, he fired her. This is not an allegation, this is a finding of fact, Mr. Speaker. Even more troubling, today we've, ha- we've learned that Jason Kenney, UCP Leader, is defending this action. To all women across Alberta, I say I'm very deeply sorry that this is happening amongst the leadership in this province. I will, however, also say that all this government on this side of the House will stand for women's rights and for their right to be protected in their workplace.
1: Okay. well, yeah, I mean, and that sounds serious. This is an issue. Maybe I mean, 2008 wasn't that long ago. It would be a stretch to say that somehow we view this differently now than we did then. I mean. We should have taken it seriously then. Obviously, we've had a lot of news lately that kind of illustrates the extent and the scope of the problem of why we need to to deal with it. So, yeah, this looks really bad. All right. Well, Jason Nixon, to his credit, uh, took some questions from reporters about all of this to, to give his side of all of this. So in the interest of fairness, here's some of what he had to say to reporters.
0: I'm uh, angry and disappointed with what happened to Miss Harrison over a decade ago, too. I was uh, angry about what was happening uh, then. We were in a situation where uh, an employee of mine uh, was being harassed uh, while working on a contract or a person that I contracted to. Uh, job site by a subcontractor of theirs. When well, Ms. Harrison contacted me to fill me in on what was taking place, uh, I was uh, appalled uh, by what uh, what was taking place I was disappointed I knew that it was wrong then as I do now uh, she should not have been being harassed and I don't I think it's very important to recognize what Miss Harrison I went through we were focused at that time on trying to make sure miss Harrison was safe uh, to make sure that we understood what was taking place on a job site that was in another province and several hundred kilometers away from where I was a job site that I had not been at uh, and uh, did not have a, a uh, any interaction with so I needed to dispatch some uh, and find out some facts. Uh, during that process, uh, we tried to create a situation where it became apparent that our client was not going to deal with their subcontractor, uh, that we tried to create a situation where Miss Harrison would be safe on the job uh, that she was comfortable with and that would she would not be uh, interacting with, with this individual. Uh, along the way, our client made a decision that uh, they did not want Miss Harrison on uh, that job no more. Uh, and we we and I as the leader of our organization made a mistake at that point. Uh, I became uh, focused on trying to make sure that Miss Harrison was uh, either going to be able to be employed uh, by us elsewhere or at least appropriately compensated for what she had been through, and we became more focused on the human resources side of that aspect uh, than on what I should have been focused on, uh, now with the benefit of hindsight and experience, uh, and that is the fact that I, I believe I should have pushed back very hard on my client at that point, uh, made it clear that uh, they had a responsibility to, to deal with this, uh, and i probably should have terminated my relationship uh with that client uh, at that point but you didn't but i didn't no you fired her <laughs> well we uh we we ran we
3: it sounds like a ton no, of excuses we, here Jason.
0: there's there's no basically
3: you had a choice you could have made the choice to fight for her or fire her and you fired her and now every day in the house you tell the premier stand up for your people how do you we, do that in the house every day now We you had, you had one employee in one department and rather than stand up for her you're fired.
0: We stood up for Miss Harrison the moment that she contacted me and let me know what was taking place. Uh, we went straight to our client. We said, what is going on here? We demanded an investigation. Uh, we demanded that it be addressed. Uh, some of uh, uh, the, the reality along the way, uh, the client would not allow her to be on the job site no more. So, uh, had- so we were in a situation, I'm going to finish the Dean yeah, right. uh, where we could not uh, keep her on that job site because the client would not allow us to. Uh, what I should have done was terminate the relationship with the client, so that's ridiculous. I still would have been in a situation where I may uh, not have had any work for Ms. Harrison as a result of being in the other province, but I should have terminated that relationship. Uh, as soon as I had other work that was available in the province, I tried to make sure Ms. Harrison could participate in it. Uh, and my focus because we could not, because uh, the client would not allow her to be there, was to try to make sure that she was compensated uh, legally and fully and uh, recognizing uh what what she had been through uh at no point did we not uh, acknowledge what's happening miss harrison was wrong we thought it was wrong we stood up we fought we tried to make sure she was safe uh and we tried to address it as best best that we could uh and we made some mistakes while we were dealing with
1: it. okay so there you go jason nixon in his own words saying he, he wishes in hindsight he had handled it differently but but trying to explain to people why he made the decisions he did at the time alright nine seven four right, 974-8255. Um, let's go to the phones so we've got some time for your calls here this afternoon. Sue, uh, thanks for calling in. Hi. Hi there, Sue. Uh,
4: going back to your conversation about FASD. Yes. I'd just like to uh, comment that AGLC has just, uh, they did a launch just recently now for Christmas, the Dry Nine under the drink sense which uh, supports the awareness of fetal alcohol syndrome okay uh, i just wanted to share i am i have guardianship of a child that is with fas and i don't have children i i've, I've taken guardianship of this little girl uh, she just turned 13. it's been quite the experience Uh, Through the schools the last few years, they did not uh, push or acknowledge uh, this. Her parent, grandparent, did not push or want her to be assessed. It took almost two years to get her assessed.
1: Really?
4: And uh, the brain of an FAS child is very complex. I could say that it's taken about every ounce of my energy and to keep her well-structured. Um, but the sad thing of it is, like, I mean, we look at education and, like, I, I strongly tell people, like, please, like, if you know you're pregnant, do not, do not drink. Uh, it's Sure, this is for life for somebody that didn't ask for it. Um, but here's a child that I'm trying to explain what it is alcohol syndrome and why she thinks and reacts and it, it's just incredible and then you, you look ahead and um you know she's 13 she can't even count change back you know you look at the what her life is going to be like in the future like she's going to have to have a public guardian we look at people that are on the streets you know, that you say their mental health. Well, that's part of mental health is the FASD that are on the streets, that are costing system and, you know, social problems. We look at our jails.
1: Yeah.
4: It's, a, it's FASD there. And how much does it cost to keep them there?
1: Yeah, a lot. So a if... lot.
4: And a lot of them, like, I mean, they don't have any reasoning. Like, I mean, it's, you know, really, it's a tossed salad up there. Yeah.
1: So if we are able to make progress, and, and that was something that our guest talked about is, is where she sees the potential for some progress and being able to to maybe even reverse some of the effects to, to help mitigate the impact of, of FASD, how, how important would that be from your
4: perspective? Oh, I think it's important, as important as it is to reinforce to women, um, you know, to make the right
1: choice don't do it yeah well it's 100% preventable
4: this child is gonna be affected for the rest of their life and you know unfortunately like this child I have too if I look at the dynamics her mother is FAS the grandmother is FAS like I mean you gotta stop and you know stop it yeah
1: yeah, exactly. Sue well said, appreciate the phone call. Thank you for that and, uh, and for what you do, working with these, these children. It's so important to have uh, you know, these, these figures in their lives and, and people going to bat for them and, and trying to help them deal with this because it's not easy. So thank you for that. Sue, Four zero three nine seven four eight two five five. 974 8255 we get Todd on the line, and, and others will get to you in a few minutes here. Stick with us.
2: Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.